Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. It is our favourite time of the year, and as such we are planning a week-long Halloween celebration. We'll be celebrating the witching season with a whole week of favourites and new episodes, culminating in a brand new story from Bram Stoker award-winning author Keelan Patrick Burke. If you'd like to stay in the loop with the Halloween week, come over to the Facebook group and we'll let you know the details as soon as they are available. That's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Collector's Item. Written by John Crennan. Narrated by Justin Fife. He didn't remember anything before the accident. Not even the accident itself. He winced under the harsh fluorescent lighting. His eyes darted around the unfamiliar surroundings. He was in a hospital bed, in a private room. Two individuals stood above him. A man in hospital scrubs and a woman in designer business wear. Your name is Yard Kelly, she said. You're a musician, a very popular musician. We're here in the hospital recovering from a serious head injury. She reached out to touch his arm. Do you know who I am? Yard attempted to swallow, but his throat was dry. I don't, he began, before trailing off. 
He scanned the room, trying to find something, anything, that might help him settle his dizzying feeling of confusion. He had no idea who this woman was. She took an impatient breath. My name is Ellie Moss. I'm your manager. We've worked together for many years. The man who had been silent until now nudged her. Try the guitar. Ellie studied Yard a moment longer before she turned and walked to the far wall where a small pile of belongings sat on a chair. She picked up a guitar and carried it back to the bed. Yard reached up to receive the instrument, only to feel the sharp tug of restraints around his wrists. He felt a surge of fresh panic as he realized that he was bound to the side rails of the bed frame. Ellie looked to the man and then back down at Yard. She spoke as if speaking to a child. You got violent. This... This has all been very hard on you, on, on us. She held up the guitar. Doctor, can we? The man reached under the bed and Yard felt the strap slacken. We're trusting you to remain calm, Mr. Kelly, the doctor said. Can we trust you? Trust me, that's rich, Yard thought. But he said nothing and worked the blood back into his arms. He reached out and took the guitar. It was beautiful and much heavier than he expected, so he laid it across his midsection. He knew instinctively how to hold the instrument, left hand on the neck, right hand ready to play. Ellie looked hopeful. The doctor made a gesture as if to say, not so fast. He turned to Yard. Can you play? He asked. I don't know. Would you try? Yard looked at the instrument. He placed his fingers on the strings in a configuration that he guessed might be correct and strummed. He didn't need to see the look on his audience's faces to know that the chord was incorrect. He passed the guitar back. I guess not. The doctor took the instrument. I'm just going to have a few words with Miss Moss outside. Try to get some rest. Yard did feel tired, as if the simple act of plucking a few strings had used up whatever energy reserves he had. He watched the doctor lead Ellie out of the room, closing the door. But Yard couldn't allow sleep to take him. He scanned the room in search of answers. Who was he? What was he doing here? It was like any other hospital room, sterile, reeking of bleach, and completely devoid of character. He shifted on the plastic mattress and felt the pinch of an IV in his forearm, he could hear the two strangers speaking immediately outside. Our efforts are not working, the doctor's voice was saying. We know that his memories are there, but he can't access them. His conscious brain refuses to acknowledge their existence. But how can that be? Ellie's voice this time. The doctor let out a slow exhale, as if she had asked a question for which he had no answer. He can speak to us, understand concepts, and the world around him, but his conscious mind cannot access the memories that make him Yard Kelly. What else can we try? You have to accept the fact that we may have already exhausted every option. Ellie hesitated. Yard grunted from the effort of leaning out of bed, straining to hear. Ellie at last spoke. Shouldn't we be having this conversation somewhere more private? What difference does it make? If he hears us, he'll have forgotten everything in a few hours. 
Even so. Okay, fine. There's something I'd like you to see anyway. Don't worry, we'll be back before he wakes up. Yard was shaking. What the hell was going on here? Their footsteps disappeared down the hall. He had to get out of this place before they got back. Yard looked down at his restraints. Luckily, they hadn't tightened them, so he stretched across to pry one of the leather straps loose. It was just out of reach. He fought harder against the cuffs. Sweat prickled his forehead. He strained. But it was no use. It was too far. Yar fell back, gasping gulps of air. He felt so weak. How long had he been here? He twisted his left wrist back to his own restraint and found his fingers were surprisingly dexterous. Maybe I am a guitar player after all, he thought as he made fast work of the cuff. Soon his arm was free, and he reached over and unfastened the other. He ripped the IV from his arm and let the bloody needle fall. Free, he swung his heavy legs over the side of the bed, but their momentum took Yard with them. He fell to the tiled floor with a loud smack. The impact knocked the breath out of him. Pain exploded through his body. He let out a startled sob. Blinking away tears, he looked towards the door. It was much farther away than it had seemed from the bed. Gritting his teeth, he began to pull himself across the room. Every movement felt like his body was doing it for the first time. Yard reached the door. His muscles burned, but there was no time to rest. He reached up, grabbed the handle, and let gravity take over as his tired body fell back to the ground. The door swung open. Immediately outside, the corridor stretched away to the left, but there was something wrong. The hospital walls only ran for a few feet before turning to cold stone. Their surface was slick with water runoff from the roof. It looked like the interior of an old castle or a fortress. Where the hell am I? Yard didn't wait. Ignoring the pain in his limbs, he dragged himself out and across to the stone wall. The wet surface immediately soaked his hospital gown. He started shivering. It was dark. The passageway was lit by flaming torches set at intervals along the wall. Yard had to let his eyes adjust. Far off, he could hear the sound of many voices. This was the only way in or out. A way to freedom and, perhaps, to answers. A question bubbled up unbidden in Yard's mind. What if not knowing is better? He pushed the worry down and began to drag himself across the stone, sticking to the shadows. It took him almost 20 minutes to reach the end of the passageway. His gown covered in dirt from the filthy floor, his fingertips shredded, his body soaked through and freezing, but no one had seen him, not yet. The route ended in some sort of storage area and another door. Boxes of liquor and huge tin cans were stacked high in the cold space. Beside him, a trolley dressed in a deep red tablecloth was topped with canopies and champagne flutes. Somebody was throwing a party. On the floor beside the trolley, they had left a silver serving tray against the wall. Yard caught a glimpse of himself in the mirrored surface, his breath caught in his throat. Something was wrong with the image that stared back at him. He felt like an animal, scared of its own reflection. The pitiful creature that he saw was pale and gaunt, like a skeleton brought to life. But it was the head that was the most upsetting. His hair had been crudely shorn, 
His bare scalp covered in large red welts, he reached up to touch one. Suddenly, a voice approached from the other side of the door. Without thinking, Yard lifted himself into the lower section of the trolley. He pulled the red cloth across the gap and waited. Someone entered. Hold your horses, I'm getting it now, a young man barked. Don't worry, it always stays cool in these old corridors. Yard felt the trolley start to roll. The train changed from bumpy stone to smooth flooring. He heard voices all around, pots and pans clattering, the commotion of a busy kitchen. He fought the urge to peek out as the trolley bumped through a set of double doors and into a new space. The acoustics made it sound like a large hall. He could hear the banging of a hammer in an amplified voice. They came to a stop, and Yard heard the waiter's footsteps retreat back to the way that it had come. He risked a glance. He was at the rear of a huge auditorium. A crowd of people separated him from a stage. A man stood there at a podium in front of towering video screens. Our next lot is something very special indeed, the man began. A rock god, a Hall of Fame inductee, and the winner of countless awards. Yard's heart sank as the huge screens filled with the image of a familiar name and face, Yard Kelly. He watched as the photographs of himself faded in and out, accompanied by a classic rock soundtrack. He was on tour, guitar in hand in front of a sea of adoring fans. A shock of wild, shoulder-length blonde hair whipped into a frenzy behind him. He was on sale. A murmur of excitement passed over the crowd. Shall I start the bidding at a hundred thousand dollars? The auctioneer asked. Immediately, hands shot high into the air and the bidding had begun. Yard could only look on in shock as his price skyrocketed. He didn't even hear the approaching footsteps as the waiter returned and caught him leaning out of the trolley. Sir? Yard fell backwards and crashed hard onto the floor. He didn't stop to think. He picked himself up and ran on useless legs straight for the auctioneer. Chaos erupted all around. He made it only a few steps before a huge weight barreled into him from behind. All went black. You could have ruined everything. Seeing you like this, I'm surprised our buyer didn't back out. It was Ellie. She was standing over him. He was back in the hospital bed, still filthy and bloody from his outing. Yard fought to talk around a thick tongue. What is this place? He finally managed. Ellie looked around. The doctor was there, and another figure at the edge of the room. Yard kept his gaze on Ellie. It was the doctor who spoke. He won't remember soon anyway, he said. Ellie considered this. This is a marketplace, she said. Ever since Dolly the Sheep, the science of cloning has made significant progress. Those with the resources come here to buy the ultimate collector's items. She glanced back towards the mystery figure and continued. A living, breathing clone of their favorite actor or sports personality. She looked directly into Yard's eyes. Or rock star. Yard fought his sedatives. 
Why? All kinds of reasons. For companionship, for training, for sex. It all came crashing down on him. The answer to who he was. A cutting-edge sex slave for an obsessive fan. Ellie must have recognized his pain. Don't fight this. But Yard did fight. Do I know what's happening here? He spat. Ellie stared at him blankly. What are you talking about? Do I know? The real Yard Kelly. Does he know that there's a copy of him lying here ready to be sold to the highest bidder? Ellie tilted her head to the side. Then a smile spread across her face. Oh, you are priceless, she laughed, turning to the back of the room. She beckoned over the mystery figure from where he stood. He materialized from the shadow like a ghost. A ghost with a shock of wild, shoulder-length blonde hair. A perfect copy of Yard Kelly. Ellie placed her hand on the ghostly double's shoulder. We've been copying the memories from your brain and placing them in this perfect specimen. When our buyer discovered that he was getting the real Yard Kelly and not a replica, well, he was so excited he even offered to raise his bid. She leaned down and kissed Yard's cheek. You are the real Yard Kelly, she whispered. The original. Unfortunately for you, the original is not always the best. From now on, I'll be managing the latest model. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Collector's Item was written by John Crinan, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes of music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. If you'd like to follow John Crinan's work, go and check him out on Twitter and Instagram at at John Crinan or at www.johncrennan.com. A big shout-out to new patrons, Lewis Okoa and Nancy Folson, and a shout-out to Kelly Fenner, who recently upped her pledge to $5. Your support really helps us to keep going, and to keep growing, and soon enough, together, we will surely take over the world. So, if you'd like to become a patron and get access to over 20 exclusive episodes and bonus Q&A episodes, then head over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Until next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.